Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. AHOP TV empowers believers with spirit-inspired messages and strategic equipping that accelerates your spiritual growth. You can subscribe to stream weekly content from Awakening House of Prayer, conferences, and other exclusive content to stir your hunger and encourage your heart. Visit us online at ahop.tv. So we're in a series on positioned for breakthrough victory and breakthrough and today we're looking at breaking free from deception so as usual i have a theme verse and then we'll pray we'll get into some teaching some storytelling and some q a so what would be a theme verse for breaking free from deception well, one of the key verses is found in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. But the Spirit explicitly says that in the latter times, some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. Father, thank you so much for your word. And we declare that your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And we're asking the Holy Spirit to illuminate this part of the word of God today on 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, and bring us revelation, insight, boundaries, wisdom parameters on how to break free from deception. So this particular subject is one that needs enormously addressed in the days in which we live. Why? Because the Bible says so. The Bible says this, but the Spirit explicitly says, I love the way it says it, explicitly. So it's in other words, hey, I'm going to point this out because this really needs emphasized it's explicitly says it isn't veiled it is plain in your face the spirit explicitly says what in the latter times okay big subject last days end times the thing we all know is this today is a latter day than yesterday so every day we are approaching the latter days and the end times of the last days but this was a warning that was given by paul the apostle to the believers who were living in his time but he picks up with the spirit of revelation looks down through the telescope of time and he goes this is true for today But it is going to be true and needed all the more as time 
develops as time progresses and in the period of time called the latter times. He says this, some will fall away. It doesn't say all folks. Let's not let's not exaggerate this word, but it is an important warning. It says some will fall away from the faith. Really? Is that possible? Yes, it is. And here's how it is possible. By paying attention to the wrong thing. It says, by paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. Let's talk about this phrase for a moment, paying attention. To whom you give your focus, you become like. If you behold darkness, your light will become dark. If your eye gate is filled with pornography, your heart will become dark. Your dreams will become dark. Your impressions. I'm only using pornography as one example. If we start looking on all kinds of shades of gray, and we're calling them gray and no longer black, well, folks, you're already filled with darkness. And because you're calling that which is black evil, as though it is maybe okay, in reality, according to the Word of God, it is not. But it says that some will fall away from the faith because they're paying attention. So one of the things we've got to watch is to whom and to what are we giving our attention? Are you giving your attention to the Word of God? Are you giving your attention to the community of believers? Are you giving your attention to those things which are good and lovely and of a good report and worthy of praise? You know, just this other day, on I think a Saturday, I did a FaceTime with my oldest son who lives in California. And he got his uh, six-year-old daughter, so my oldest grandchild, uh, on the FaceTime with me. And they're reciting scriptures to me. Oh, how awesome was it? And she, Vera is her name, and, and she just starts telling, oh, Opa, uh, how, I, I've learned from Philippians that we're supposed to think on whatsoever things are pure, and so whatsoever things are lovely and worthy of praise and Opa, we're supposed to think on those things. My heart started trying to like to beat in my chest like extra hard or like, you know, in a really good way because I'm going, okay, that's a really good way to raise a child. Because if you teach yourself and if you teach others the boundaries of the Word of God, you will not fall into deception. But it is by paying attention to the wrong things, wrong voices, wrong teachings, wrong channels, that is when our light becomes gray and shifts to dark. So the Spirit explicitly says that in the latter times, some will fall away from the faith because they are paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. Now, so this is a subject that is very, very, very close to my heart because I see many 
approaching a slippery slope, and it does not have to be that way. I know too many marriages that are breaking up. I know too many people that are getting into what is called an open marriage concept. You know, there isn't such a thing as that. That isn't even a marriage. That is violating a covenant because marriage, according to the word of God, is a covenant between one man and one woman. That's a marriage. It's a covenant. It's not a convenience. Yeah, there's a lot of convenience that is in being married. I love being married. But, folks, we must be people of the word and people of boundaries. Now, warning signs of when we are slipping into deception. Here's some four characteristics of when people start to go into the slippery slope. One, they remove themselves from connection and especially community. I'm talking about they forsake the assembling of themselves together, the warning that is straight to us from the book of Hebrews. So number one, in approaching the slippery slope, one of the things to watch out for is a warning. It is removing yourself from connection and from family, from the church family, from regular participation in God's Word and God's church. Number two, we stop believing that conviction is for the believer. You go, what? People believe that? Yes, because they take out a context in the book of John where it says, and the Spirit convicts concerning sin, convicts the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment to come. So the way that some hyper-grace teaching is today is that once you become a believer, by the way, this is false teaching, once you become a believer, the Holy Spirit stops his convicting work because he convicts the world. But guess what? There's a law of the world in the church. And there's still some of the ways of the world in our lives. So even if that would be true, that the Holy Spirit convicts the world, then I have to say that the convicting work of the Holy Spirit is still for the believer. But some X out and say that the Holy Spirit no longer convicts concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment to come after you become born again. I just have to flat out say, folks, that is a deceitful spirit. That is a doctrine of demons. It is not the Holy Spirit. Now, in some broadcast, they're going to be coming in the weeks to come. I'm going to, like, open this up in the discerner realm a whole lot more. So let me touch that, and then let's move on. Some warning signals for slipping into deception. Number one, you remove yourself from community of believers. Number two, you stop believing that conviction is for the believer. I welcome the Holy Spirit's conviction. The convicting work, it means to be convinced. I need to be convinced continuously of what's right and what's wrong of what's righteousness and what is darkness. A third thing is that this is what happens with some believers. 
the Bible becomes historical, a great historical document, but not a living epistle. Did you know that the Bible is the only book that when you read it, it reads you? Did you know that the Bible is the only book that the author is in love with the reader? Wow, that's awesome. The Bible, scriptures, the Word of God is. But a slippery slope is when, and deception settles in when, the Bible only becomes a historical book about a man Christ Jesus who once lived, about a Moses who once lived. But it isn't then about the God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever tomorrow. So another one of the characteristics that people go slip and sliding is the Bible becomes historic only and not a living word. A fourth is they replace then the Bible with other spiritual input. They are still longing to be spiritual, but they now, from going to the Bible historic, there's no longer conviction, and out of spiritual hunger, they go into the New Age movement. They go into, and I'd like to name some names of some authors and some writers and some books, but I will hold back on that on some things that are not edifying. And it is appealing, but it's not edifying. It is enticing, but it's not edifying. You say, oh, but it makes me feel good. Oh, is that your goal, is to feel good? Or is your goal to be changed into the image of Christ Jesus? Now, God wants me to feel good. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit, which cannot be manufactured. But some people, when they get into deception, they start replacing the reading of the Bible or daily devotions, and they start replacing it with maybe the favorite podcast. Oh, and I'm doing a podcast. Or maybe it is by a personality, and it becomes a personality cult instead of following the man Christ Jesus. So let me go over those four little warnings with you, is that we or someone removes themselves from the community of believers. They make themselves in a special category of elitism, and they go, yeah, but I've already gone to church for so long, I've already heard everything anyway, as though you can't continue to learn. Hey, listen. Okay, hey, hey, hi, hi, it's me out there. I still go to church. Wait, yes, I we are the church. But guess what? I still assemble together, even though I might, by this point in time, haven't been in full-time ministry for 45 years, I might have some experience under my belt that some don't. But guess what? That sounds arrogant. Didn't that just sound arrogant when I said that? So we each need to be challenged by being a part of the community of believers. Now, so think of it this way. In decision-making, there's a cliff. And some people are so adventurous, and I love adventure too, 
that they love to just dance and get up as close to the edge as they can because they think that they won't fall. You know, the best thing to do is see the edge of the cliff, step back 10 feet, and draw the line, the boundary line. And you will stay safe when you're behind the safeguard of proper boundaries. I remember years ago in dealing in a personal situation, I was asked a question about, you know, some vulgarity and issues of this nature. And then I was asked, well, man, what do I do? And I often would respond to people by helping them learn how to make decisions, not only telling them the answer. And so I gave a principle. And I said something like this, I want you to know this, that the first time you move your boundary, it's really, really, really important that you know what you're doing. Because the second time you go to move your boundary, it'll be a, be a lot easier. So have boundaries in place. Don't dance on the edge of a cliff. Back up. I'm just saying 10 feet, 10 yards, 100 yards. Draw the line and be secure, walking in the pleasant place of godly boundaries. Now, an example of deceitful spirits. One time, I know a young believer, a woman, who was desperate, who was lonely, who wanted a husband really bad. And they were even in a church service, a charismatic church service, and this person, believed, they heard the following word, the next man who walks through that doorway is your husband. Oh, the person, the lady was super excited. It's like, oh, I've been praying forever. Oh, yes, I've waited. My Prince Charming is there. He's going to... Oh, and a guy walked through the door. He was actually kind of handsome. And she goes up and meets him. And, and guess what? Uh, they actually got married because they supposedly heard a word. They didn't even know each other. They didn't, they didn't court. They, 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 they just went out and they got married, folks. They got married out of what? Deception. Out of loneliness. Now, Loneliness is a part of the real-life issue of, of getting married, okay? It's not good for people to be alone, and so God brings people together. But the word was that the person heard, the next man who walks through that doorway is going to be your husband. And guess what? They got married real quick, and then it came out that that man was actually a homosexual. They ended up she ended up extremely disillusioned because, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the uh, union was not consummated in the uh, proper manner, and because there was not a conjoining, there was not a congealing, there was not even something appealing. Oh, but they got married because, because why? Out of vulnerability and out of a place of darkness that wasn't yet surrendered to God, it was a door open in susceptibility to a deceiving spirit that brought enticement. That I want you to know this, that that lady did learn from those mistakes. I know her today, 
and she is a wonderful discerning intercessor who knows boundaries and has been walking in righteousness now for years. So, but I wanted to tell you a true life story of how deception can occur. It occurs because there is a place of darkness or a shade of gray. There's a place in our life that has not been healed. There could be a wound. That becomes an open door. And the enemy speaks words of enticement. Now, when I say deceitful spirits, here's the way I understand it works. When something is enticing, it moves a person from a place of stability then into a place of instability. That's the fruit of a deceitful spirit or an enticing spirit. It woos you. It draws you from the safe boundaries, and it moves you into from a place of stability into a place of instability. And when you're in the place of now instability, you've opened a door to darkness and even deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. Now, it doesn't have to be that way, does it? And so in the future, I'm going to do some podcasts, and we're going to develop some of these tools for you. I have a couple of questions I'll try to do quickly. Is deception generational? Can it be broken? You know, that is really insightful from this uh, person who brought that question to us through social media. Is deception generational? You know what? It can be. It can be passed down from generation to generation, just like alcoholism or something of that nature. Now, there is also always personal responsibility. But so can it be generational deception? Absolutely, it can be. Witchcraft can be generational, and it is deception. But can it be broken? The answer is absolutely yes. Every curse can be broken by the name and the blood of Jesus, but I want you to know this. You have to step out of the darkness into the light. Sin is not forgiven by walking in darkness. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of all sin and to cleanse us from all righteousness. Then it goes on to say, if we walk in the light as he himself is the light, we'll have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus will cleanse us from all sin. So where does the blood of Jesus cleanse us from sin? Not in darkness, in the light. So when we step out of darkness into light, there's something that actually automatically happens. We get cleansed. The light brings cleansing. So can deception be generational? I said can. Is it always? It can be. And can it be broken? Absolutely. By drawing a line in the sand and renouncing the deeds of darkness, confessing generational sins, and applying the blood of Jesus, and starting a new generational pattern. By the way, you can be the first in your family. You can be the one who begins a new track record. You can be that ambassador that says, thus far and no more, and as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Another question, how to pray for a spouse who is deceived? Whoa, that's pretty intense, and it's very much in the day in which we live. 
one of the things that we have to be careful about is that we do not then go into sin in order to stay in partner communion intimacy partnership with that spouse let's say a spouse has gone over into adultery and you're not going to go into an open marriage or to adultery or whatever so as to stay in union with that spouse no that's not the way to win them over you don't fellowship with darkness out of a sincere place of loving someone, and the only way you're going to be able to keep them is by walking in their darkness, their sin pattern. No, that isn't the way you win somebody. You win them by your chaste behavior, First Peter says. Chaste behavior, what's that? You don't preach it, you live it. And your light Light overcomes darkness. So how to pray, I would say it's really the key is walking, how you walk with your spouse who is in deception, and then pray. So faith and works must come together so we can pray, but we pray in private. Don't do this silly stuff of like rebuking some spirit over your spouse and they hear you doing it that's just going to drive them further away and that's going to give the enemy ammunition to go like man who wants to be that person they just got a religious spirit so what we need to do is walk in love walk in mercy walk in forgiveness and then pray prayers of confessing the generational sins as they are your own standing in the gap making a prayer that will strike the mark, and now praying, listen, for the spirit of conviction concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment to come, even upon your spouse or your family member. Now, we all have a free will, and so you can't exactly change their will. But here's what you can do. You can open a door of opportunity. You can open a window where a fresh wind of the Holy Spirit will blow, blow darkness away, and call light in. Well, this is James Gall bringing you a podcast on breaking free from deception. I hope that this has been helpful. We'll build on this in some other podcasts in the future. So I just want you to know the truth will set you free, and the truth is a person named Jesus. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.